the most important thing I learned is that again, like one shall rest, rest more to be more effective. Uh, it's very important. It's another week in review with Marlon and Daniel and Tom. <laughs> and we're back, guys. Friday. We're back. Week. How we doing? How we feeling? Feeling mm-hmm. uh, hot. Feeling is it warm hot. in Berlin? Oh man, it is. I yeah. I don't like hot weather. It's uh, I don't know. Like yeah, I'm not functioning well when it's hot outside, and I don't have air conditioning. Well, I, I do. Are have you doing? It, you sound like you're. You sound like you're actually in trouble here. You're. Are you going to pass out on this <laughs> podcast? <laughs> today is today is a better day than Wednesday. Wednesday was really bad here. Now it's yeah. a little bit less hot, but I'll manage. Don't worry, don't worry. Okay. I'll, I'll survive. But there were days last year where I thought, like, holy crap! Like, I cannot function. Like, it, it's not possible. Like, <laughs> it doesn't work. Yeah, the heat, man. I have it's, to move uh, somewhere where it's cold. Like, I should have stayed in Denmark, man. Should have stayed there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's getting pretty warm here. I'm not a big fan of the heat. I'd prefer the cold as well. But it is what it is. We got to get through it. It's only June. Yeah. Got plenty of summer left. And I want to ask you guys, what, what have you been working on this week? What have you realized? What, have you, what has been your educational moment, your moment of enlightenment? Uh, please hmm. share with me and, and with our listeners what value you have derived from this week in June. A lot. I mean, small things, but I think the biggest thing for me personally, I think in the past, I, I remember when I went to Copenhagen for the first time, like that for, for people that are listening, like I, I was doing a master's over there. So I moved there when I was 23, I think, 20, 23, 20, I don't know, like something around the, those lines. And like it was a big adventure, right? Like you move there, like a different country, like you study abroad. Still, I'm still in Europe, but like I was big, like new language, everything, and like it was all all an adventure, right? You like I did my time over there. Basically, I studied, I think three in a three years, but I ultimately stayed longer there, and then got back to Berlin. And then like yeah, study times are over, and you had to work, right? You have to make money. And I noticed in that time, like a, where where in the past it was more like heck yeah, let's do this. I became more cautious of certain things, like more like oh, I have to plan now. The the responsibility came with it, right? Like you're not a student anymore. You have, don't have to worry anymore about that. Now you have to worry about making money and like uh, supporting yourself and stuff. So a lot of that got lost, I think, in the process. So I'm trying to get back to that, or just like the the attitude of like let's let's do this. Like it's, I know. I know it. I cannot like afford everything in the sense of like I cannot just say yes to everything because there are certain responsibilities with other things that I cannot just ignore. But I, but I think I, I need to get back into that phase nonetheless a little bit more, like just being more open to certain things. Whereas in the last couple of years, I was more like cautious about certain things. Like I don't want to do this now. Like, dude, I have to do this now. This is more important. Um, doesn't yeah just take more time for for adventures i think like just realizing that that as it's necessary and it's always some some the person i was and i i noticed how i was when i was in copenhagen when i was in denmark and maybe that was 
easier there because I was out of my usual social environment, right? Which is, I think, which which is always the case. Like, that's the case when you go out of your social environment, you go in a different country, you go somewhere where they don't speak a language, right? Um, I think that's normal. But like, you can see like what's possible, right? The person you could be. And then coming back, like just having to like, it's hard to not fall into these roles that you played in the past, right? Like uh, getting out of there. And so that's kind of like, the small realization or like maybe a big one even like this week just thinking about these things and like understanding them how that works for you as a person right yeah being open to adventure you know i mean i think it, it waxes and wanes you know you have to like you have to be that hermit sometimes you know and that can be over a period of time yeah. you know if that's if you have a commitment to work or or to a particular discipline but yeah there there is also the call to adventure and that can be really important um, to have in life. I'm not sure where I am. I think I'm. I think I'm more in the hermit stage right now. But I occasionally have have some adventures. Um, but yeah, I can definitely, I can definitely appreciate where you're coming from there, Marlon. Yeah. Plus, I mean, came with also reading a book right now, like the Six Pillars of Self Esteem. Um, I'm reading that right now. It's a book about yeah self esteem and like uh, what self esteem is and how do you develop self-esteem and what it actually depends on. So that came with it as well, because uh, yeah, like self-esteem suffered a little bit as well. Like if you don't like go on adventures, right. You don't go out there. Like you're more like uh, focused read on one small thing, like, but you don't develop, let's say you work only on one pillar of of the six pillars, right? Like just as an example for this book that argues that are six different areas that support your self-esteem. You don't need to be excellent in all of them, but like, and you need to, be developed in some of them right but if you only work on one of them like it's it's just a table standing on one leg basically if you if if you maybe can think of it that way so you have to develop all of them and i think i need to do that like i just need to work on some of them more (laughs) to do because self-esteem suffers if you don't like you you maybe you don't in alignment with your values right like we said your goals or whatever um then you need to get back on there definitely Definitely. Daniel, what do you got going on? I want to, I want to hear the wisdom, the mm, preach I the gospel of Daniel. A fearless developer. <laughs> um, I think the most important thing I learned is that, again, like one shall rest, mm. rest more to be more effective. Uh, it's very important to just, you know, drive yourself to burnout. Because when you're feeling burned out, like you can literally just sit mm. at the desk and can't do nothing. And that doesn't lead to any eff- effectivity. So, you know, you have to listen to your body and body doesn't really care about what you do as long as, you know, you are functioning as a healthy individual. Man, one shall rest. That was straight out of like a verse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In the Bible. Yeah. That was great. Knocked it out of the park. I agree for sure. I'm not, uh, I'm working on getting better at listening to my body. I've been, I've realized I've been dealing with like exhaustion for like the last month. And yeah, I had a case of, uh, of the shingles or a case of shingles. I, I don't know. I don't know why everyone always puts the in front of shingles. It kind of makes it sound more ominous. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I had a shingles outbreak 
a few weeks ago. And I went to, I, I just had this rash. I was like, what the hell is this? And I went to a doctor and she was like, you know, are you really stressed out? Are you, you know, tired? And I, that was the first moment that I put it together. You know, it didn't, it didn't really cross my mind before that. And uh, yeah, I've just been working on getting more rest, getting more sort of like just relaxing into my life. Um, so yeah, I can certainly appreciate where you're coming from there, Daniel. Um, you got to recover, you know, um, because you're essentially, you're just taking out a debt on future performance, right? Like, like pushing through the night is just yeah. really just means that tomorrow or the next day, you're not going to be able to do as much. And uh, yeah, it's going to catch yeah. up to you eventually. I'm reading a book right now called Deep Work. I don't know if you guys nice. are familiar Deep with work. that. Exactly. And he's talking about like a lot of concepts, but like this concept about, like the main concept, of course, like the title says, deep work, like working really intensely on a certain problem. And then, like, how can you optimize for that? And one thing you also mentioned is like the the concept of boredom, right? We need boredom in our lives to to be able to engage in deep work from most of the time, right? Um, and like like what do you mean? Like the, the rest, the I don't have to do an, anything else. Like I'm not like I can just relax and do nothing. I'm okay with doing nothing, right? And giving it a pause and a rest. I don't have to be always be engaged in something else. So that's also a big thing. And he also talks about how many, like how many, how much deep work do we actually have in a day, right? So even if you go do a night shift, like it doesn't mean it's actually productive, right? It doesn't mean the work you do then is actually worth it. Like maybe you do even make more mistakes than you actually would before. So there's only a finite amount. Or he he mentioned like there's only a finite amount of like deep work. I don't know phases during the day, where where he mentions like. Um, uh, violin players on like uh, like uh, like the the best of the best they only have at on average around like three and a half to four hours of really deep intensive work per day which is kind of like holy crap like so what does that mean i mean like so i have four hours of really intensive work in me or they have doesn't mean maybe i even have less but is it even possible to have more like what does that mean for the for the eight hour shift right or like what's what does that mean for a day? Like, can I only produce four hours of intense work and good work per day? Like, yeah, um, it's yeah. So you have to be careful and like listen to your body is even more important than um, because you have only a finite amount of that in you. Definitely, yeah. Well, I mean, what is clear, and I've felt this way for a while, is like this. Uh, you know, if if I can get, you know, there's usually like two to three things that are. I would consider like moving the needle type tasks that I can even consider in any given day. And success for me is accomplishing one of those per day, you know, and whether that's an hour or yeah, like four hours there. It's usually, I mean, four hours is like, that for me is like, that's a dream. If I can, do, if I can hit four hours, that's like a big win for a work day for me of uh of like that deep work concept that you're talking about but yeah you know i mean i think i think personally i'm i'm i need to shut out a lot of the things that are 
very low level, I guess, just distractions or uh, non, you know, you think of it as like boredom or something where you're like scrolling through social media or, you know, you just have something on on YouTube in the background. But um, I think that might be where the exhaustion, you know, like the, 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 the drain comes from is just not having that like 100% shut off time where like, right. I'm just like not doing anything at all. Phones yeah. off, like there's just silence. It could just be like going on a walk, you know, or just like laying down, <laughs> you know, like I think that's. That's, yeah, I mean, that's from the book as well. Like he argues that, uh, Cal Newport argues in the book that it's not the it's not the case that you use social media. It's not the case that you are on YouTube. But it's the amount of switching between like trying to do deep work and then going to social media, trying to work social media. Like it's the switching in between. Like, like that's the problem. Like you have it happening too often. It's no problem if you dedicate a certain time where you say like, dude, now I'm going to Netflix. Now I watch a movie or now I'm checking social media. Let's go on Instagram and like go deep into it. But like you have a dedicated time slot for it, a dedicated moment in your day where you do that or, or, um, or checking emails, right? It's the same. So that's more the problem, like where you have the switch happening all of the time. And that's where the boredom comes in, right? Boredom means you'd really are bored you, you, for yourself, by yourself. You don't have to take out your phone and look on your phone, right? You don't have to go to YouTube, you know, go wherever, don't have to check emails. So that's, yeah. But I can certainly relate to that, like the, the, yeah, the silence. I need some more of that. Cal, Cal Newport's great. He's got another one uh, that's on my shelf. I haven't read it yet. It's in the queue called digital mm. minimalism and i think he just goes into more detail about you know the oh, unproductive relationship most of us have with our phones and yeah. our computers um mm. so yeah that, that'll, that'll be a good read for me for my learn this week uh hopefully it can be as good as both of yours because those are, i think we're both home runs i think it's accepting Accepting the role as the student for life is the key to success. Whenever you feel like you've become a master or something, or you just have the perspective of you're no longer learning in whatever discipline that you're focused on, you're not growing anymore. You're not making any progress. And even if you're doing something at a high level, um, having the humility, having the, yeah, yeah, just, you know, removing your ego from the equation and always being open to learning all types of new skills. I think that's, that is the key. That's my focus right now. And I realized that I needed to do that in business in general, in sales in particular. It plays out in other areas of my life. Fitness, I have been humbled multiple times in the last few months um and yeah the you know i was starting to get this sort of yeah this feeling of frustration of like i was just banging my head against the walls like why why isn't you know definitely on the business side like why isn't this working why isn't you know where are sales um and on the fitness side of things like why am i not seeing results you know what's going on here and yeah, I just realized I've got to like, got to be, I got to be humble. I got to sit down, be humble, as as Kendrick Lamar would say. 
accept the role as pupil, accept the role as student, and yeah, begin again, start to learn again um, how I can get better at these things. So that's my big moment of enlightenment this week. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, it's also part of the six pillars, right? Like, it's kind of like the realization that you need to learn, like, you you should improve, right? Like the the, the will to improve. Because if you're stagnant, you like, yeah, you lose self esteem, you lose trust in yourself, that you can grow as a person. So having that realization that self awareness, I guess, is always a good thing. Yep. Definitely. Well, those are all good learning lessons. I wanted to bring this up. I noticed this in an article. I was reading this about Jeff, good old Jeffy B, Jeff, Jeff Bezos B. of Amazon. <laughs> he was doing this talk on space exploration. And somebody asked him about, you know, predictions about, you know, things that will happen in tech and business in the next 10 years. And I thought he gave an interesting answer. He, you know, talked about, you know, what he thinks could be possible in the next 10 years. But then he also said, um, you know, I do get asked quite frequently, what's going to change in the next 10 years? I'm rarely asked, and it's probably more important, and I encourage you to think about this, the question, what's not going to change in the next 10 years? The answer to that question can allow you to organize your activities. You can work on those things with the confidence to know that all the energy you put into them today is still going to pay dividends in the years to come. Mm. I thought that was a really nice answer because it's true. You know, we're always thinking about like what is going to be new? Where's the disruption going to happening? Going to be happening? What, you know, what's like the next big thing? And there are answers to that, you know. I think there are all sorts of ways the world's going to be changing quite rapidly. What is going to stay the same? You know, what can we hopefully rely on what can we invest in that we can be confident knowing that that'll be around in a decade what are your answers <laughs> <laughs> well i mean we are gonna be around for hopefully who knows Myself, warming yeah. goes on like but let's just assume we as as humans as people are gonna be around for a longer time i think the psychological needs we will have are becoming bigger and bigger. I feel mm -hmm. like just, uh, like I, I'm, I'm on Twitch a lot of times, like just browsing around, right? Live streaming, people streaming how they play video games, but there's also people that just streaming their lives, IRL, basically they're traveling or they're just sitting in front of their cameras and building like a brand you could say around themselves, right? Like just sharing with other people how their life's been and stuff. And every one I, watch like you can always see like these personal stories right like the the either the the low self-esteems they have or like from what culture they come or what background they have right and why they went to twitch why they went to live streaming like that like just what's growing there like a community of people that support each other and like the the reasons why they went there and like why they are where they are i think that that human aspect to it like mm. that improving as humans and like being mentally healthy as humans i feel that's gonna stay the same either way like because i mean we have to acknowledge that our minds are not on the same level as our materialistic like uh advancements in the real world right like we are still 
far behind that. Like that's the reason why we have so much trouble with adjusting to the new environment, right? Accepting certain things and like being on a certain level. So everything that can help people with their mental state, with how they see themselves and what that means for them and what what role they play or how they see themselves in this world. I think everything that supports that in a healthy way and like advances that in a, in a healthy way, I think that's, that's going to stay the same or like that's going to help people in the future. That's something we might be able to work on and it stays the same, right? It's something we don't invest in and then just disappears. I think that's something is the more you invest in yourself, the more you invest to give other people that chance to develop in these areas. I think that will stay the same. Um, mm. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah. What do you think, Daniel? Yeah, it's hard to ch- hard to you know uh, know, but probably you know I would bet uh, on the real estate. It will always be valuable. I think mm. you know no matter what happens, the land will always be valued. <laughs> You know, mm. people need need places to live or build. You know, new modern buildings like floating buildings or something like that. It will still be on land, probably. Right. That, that's actually that's that's a cool. Like I, I like that because I I find myself a lot of times in situations where I walk through the city and like I really think about like how is this gonna look here in a hundred years or two hundred years? Like yeah. how are these buildings gonna look like in in that? Like I mean. I don't know, you probably look at the history, right? Then you kind of know where you might be in the next hundred years or something. But I still think like the rapid innovation and everything that's happening, like will we ever get to the point where you can walk through the streets here in my neighborhood and you have these floating houses or like these skyscrapers mm-hmm. even? Like I'm not living in an area where we have skyscrapers, right? But like, is this is there going to be a point in time where this is going to be everywhere basically, or like this, our, our vision of the future, basically, right. Blade runner esque like the environment and stuff. Like, when is it going to look like that? Like, yeah. is it ever going to look like that? Right. Like, but that's a good point. Like real estate is really, of course, something that's going to be around. We have to live somewhere. Um, right. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> and then think about like on the moon or Mars, like if we colonize these planets or the moon as moon, but like, how is that going to look like? Like a whole new area of real estate. Oh, yeah. A whole new business. <laughs> Transit. Yeah, did yeah. you see where, I think Airbnb announced this like last year, how they're going to start building homes. They're building oh, homes? Man. No, I haven't heard that. Yeah. Um, I think it's called Airbnb Backyard. Um, so how is that going to work? But yeah, they're, they're, I mean, they're going to have probably some sort of like modular. So they're building the homes and then let people move in or? Well, I yeah, good question. Whether it's like short term or long term, I'm right. not sure. But yeah, I think I think you know, real estate in general is going to be interesting as the mm. the sharing economy grows and grows, right? Yeah, Where we see true. these sort of like true. fractional, like you're living in a place for you know not necessarily a long amount of time. But yeah, that's very true. The land isn't going anywhere, right? Mm. Yeah. Like maybe that's off topic right now with the real estate, but it just got me to a point where like the industry of like video games and like how they published, you go to a store, you buy the game, right? I don't know if you guys heard about uh, Google's way of going into the video games industry now with Stadia, Mm -hmm. where they offer a service. Basically, they what they worked on for the last couple of years were 
where they have the game running on their servers in their server farm, and you're streaming the game basically from your browser, from your mobile phone, through a Google product basically, and just you don't have to have any PC. And, like You just need to the device, right? You have your laptop maybe, your mobile phone, or even just your TV with a Chromecast in, but you don't need a powerful device to stream really demanding games anymore. That's That's of the past basically what they offer. And they offer like basically a subscription service or not a subscription service. They have one, a pro version, but they offer a free version where you just pay for the game through a Chrome, like Google store, I assume. And you can stream that game from anywhere. Like, and you can play it in 60 FP, like you can say 60 frames per second, like even in 4k and like, like that, that whole idea that you wouldn't, won't be, you won't even, like, we already have digital purchases, right? But like the streaming idea, you don't even have to buy like the technology anymore, the hardware. You don't even need that anymore to to stream or to play now really demanding games. And that's the whole industry that was is around that, right? Like building your gaming PC, like thousands, millions of dollars per year, like even more than that, where people spend a lot of money to build these these systems, right? And then being able to play them the most demanding games uh, that are out there. But that now it's like, if this really works, how they claim it will, um, you don't need that anymore. Like, it's just, you pay for yeah. a service, you pay for the game, and then the digital version of the game, right? You have nothing physical anymore. Um, yeah, maybe Apple is riding the last wave of that with their stand for 1,000 bucks. Oh my <laughs> God, don't get started on that one. I'm glad you brought oh that up. God, yeah, let's Apple. talk about it. Oh, let's talk about that. So yeah, yeah Apple came out with which uh, everyone was pretty happy about. You know, their the new Mac Pro, um, right. and you know that was a long time coming. I think right, um, people were waiting for that, and uh, the the <laughs> what what overshadowed that announcement is the announcement that for their new their new display, their new monitor. It, the monitor doesn't come with a stand. You have two options. You can either have a, a mounting, what do you call it, like a, a mounting um, connector where you can mount it to something like the wall or like your own stand or whatever. That's like $200. And then yeah. they have their own stand for the monitor, which comes in at $999. Let's be really a thousand bucks, like this nine ninety nine, one ninety nine. Like I get it, yeah. I get it, but like now to be fair, the monitor itself is like four K, right? Like this is a high end. This is like a really I, no, high wasn't end it even six K? Wasn't it six K? Is it six K? I think it was six K. Yeah, yeah. It's really like the, yeah, it's out there. It's like a very expensive piece of uh, hardware. Yeah, or, or and that's yeah. just for the monitor. That's not like the 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 Mac Pro, right? Uh, no, no, no. That's that was the whole just thing. the monitor. Okay, right, right. no, it is just the monitor. Okay, you can literally buy like three or four cars here in Lithuania for that price. So you can have your little flea of Uber drivers or have a monitor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder how. So yeah, there's just been this outrage. You know, it kind of it went viral immediately. Because um, like there's this video clip of them announcing it on stage, and the audience is like clapping for you know the monitor and all of its features and everything, and then right at the end, they're just like, oh, and yeah, and by the way, here's the stand, and you know it's it's nine hundred ninety nine dollars, and like you just hear the audience gasp 
they're all just like, what? <laughs> and uh, I'm surprised they didn't start booing, to be honest. I probably would have thrown a boo in there too. If I yeah, was it's, in the a, it's a $5,000 computer screen and they offer the the Apple stand for that for a thousand extra bucks. So you could basically pay 6K for that. 6K Sorry, for I the think whole that thing. Was the 6K, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, talk about status, right? But it's also, I mean, I think it's, I, I wonder, are we just seeing the end of, you know, this, I don't want to say Apple as a whole, but like, it seems like they're kind of really reaching at this point with something like that. Yeah, seeing where the, you know, the edge is. <laughs> yeah, like how much are people willing to pay for this type yeah, of Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate that you never really, I don't know if they if they made a comment about that already, like kind of some explanation for it, or if they will ever do it. Uh, I don't. I don't. I mean, like, what was it? Because we don't know the full picture of it, right? I mean, we maybe know it's now. just like simple math. You know, they're like, "Hey, this is a five k. This is a five thousand dollar monitor. Stands are usually one fifth of the price for that." I don't know. What what I'm curious about is like why wouldn't they just incorporate the whole thing into one package, you know? Sell the whole thing for six right. K. You know, instead maybe of maybe that's yeah, right. Maybe that's maybe it's a framing issue, right? Maybe they should have put it all in maybe one package. Maybe it's not even an issue. I mean, we'll 6K. see what sales look like when this comes out. What if they just kill dude, it? Like, <laughs> dude, like dude, I mean, who's gonna pay six K like one K for a monitor stand? I mean <laughs> The the problem is, I I'm we we don't know the full story, right? We don't. But I would assume they designed like everything they do. They design it all together. They said like this is our monitor, and we we designed this beautiful stand with it, so it fits perfectly, of course, and it, as together it looks amazing, like Apple standard, what whatever their intentions are with that. But like then. They divide it from each other, right? They rip it apart and say, like, you buy, you can buy this monitor, and here you have the stand extra. Like that, that framing, that like, it would have made so much more sense if they sold it together. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't know, I don't know what to think of it. It's a good uh, birthday present for somebody. Stand, <laughs> one thousand bucks, <laughs> just the stand. Or give the or give people the option to like they they offer it as a, as a as a package together and then say like if you want to cut one k off from this price you just buy the monitor because you I mean you have to think about like who pays five k for a monitor only people that really really need it right for either like the the big fanboys Apple fanboys or people that really need it for their work or companies or something right like like so I mean. Yep. Next up, Apple screws, know. Apple, you know, rims. Yeah, like even yeah, then, yeah. Even then, 1K for a stand. Like, what is the stand made of? Gold. Gold? Like, I don't know. Like, I would love to know the production cost of the stand, really. I would love, oh. Oh, I would love to I know mean, how much it costs to produce these. Nothing. nothing One eighth. One tenth of the price. I'd be surprised if it costs them a hundred dollars to make it. I mean, like even if yeah. even if we're talking about just like design costs, but like the actual manufacturing, yeah. the actual I mean, manufacturing. I mean, right? Like um, nothing. Yep. Yeah, it's true. W washed, washed in unicorn tears. 
yeah. unicorn yeah. tears. I like the memes that I go around like that where they have an iPhone XS or something, right? And then the stand and like you can buy this you can for the same price you can buy an iPhone. For the same price of the stand. I think that's the most like that's kind of like, come on. Like are you serious? Like I mean why why have an iPhone when you can just get the monitor, you know? Really flex. What like just the stand? It's not as cool, right? not as, cool <laughs> as having an iPhone. You know, having an iPhone X is not nearly as cool as just having that monitor. Maybe it was a typo in the slide nine nine nine, and now they're just playing off it. That's funny. Um, well, yeah, you know, I don't know what to think. We'll see. I'm not going to be buying one, but I mean, yeah. I would if I could. I guess, right? That's the thing. That's the Dude, thing. Even if I could, yeah. I'm not sure if I would like just out of principle. Well, well, that's that's where they missed it, right? Like they should have really put it in one package because now Ooh. it's like, uh, it's like, I don't know. Even if I could, and I'm interested in Apple product and I want to buy this, and of course it's designed so every other stand looks shit with that, right? Like if you buy a normal stand, there. Uh, doesn't look good because something's missing right. it's not Apple, right? Like it's just like, of course it will be that way. And of course people will then say like, oh, damn, like 1K. Ah. But that's, I, I mean, mean, that's where they were really smart because the the mounting converter, right? Like that's $200. So like you can buy just the screen and mount it to whatever shitty little cheap ass stand <laughs> that you have. And it's going to look dumb. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's smart in that way, right? Like, of course it's smart because it will look dumb and not good. So, And people that buy Apple, they want things to look good and congruent and nice and clean, right? It won't look that way anymore if they, if they buy just a third-party stand, right? Well, yeah, you know, I will not be getting that. Apple monitor anytime soon, but um, goals, right? Goals will yeah. be there one day, guys. <laughs> yeah, not that we are actually, or I'm not even in the position where I would spend or can spend that mon- money for 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 a monitor. <laughs> I I just bought actually a monitor, to be honest. Like after seven or eight years of using like a really cheap old monitor, like I bought a new one, <laughs> so that's a good plus. But like, nice five K for a monitor. Yeah. Now it's times where you can actually lease your stand and it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, let's see, right? We already lease uh, apartments and like we share stuff. Yeah, who knows? Maybe that could be the new part of the sharing economy. Yeah. Well, uh, any final thoughts on this week? Let's go. Let's go get that bread. Let's go make that money so we can all buy... Apple monitors for the office, right? And stands or 10 monitors instead of a stand. <laughs> yeah, true. Or like a holiday or something. I mean, 5K, 6K. Yeah, I mean, can go, yeah, around the world. Yeah, basically. You yep. let's meet up in Japan, Tokyo, or something, go on some adventures. Yeah, we'll have to. We'll, we're working on that. We're working <laughs> on getting the, the meetup going, but um. Yeah, well, thank you for your learning lessons from this week. Appreciate those. 
rest and adventure are both important. And thanks everybody for listening to another week in review with us. Until next time, for sure. See you then.